What were you saying? You were blaming it. You were taking the blame for something. It might be me at this point. Mm-hmm. The oldie MacBook Air 2012. It's come a long way, honestly. Yeah, it truly honestly, has. I, still standing <laughs> is the thing. I remember at one point you had two laptops, one for just the webcam and one for everything else. And that uh-huh. was, yeah, that was a tough yeah. situation. Yeah, this one now has an external webcam. Mm, and a clip-on. Yeah, and uh, a couple episodes ago when I had David and Anthony over to do the podcast, I whipped out the oldie MacBook Air, and they were mm. very impressed by mm. the uh, by the rig. But I think this guy is just about toast here. I think I remember seeing one of those in like 2012. Uh-huh. Which was the year I graduated college. Um, and uh, I just like went to a meeting... And somebody like whipped out one of the eleven inch, <laughs> do you remember uh-huh. the little eleven inch ones? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was blown this away. One, this one in particular, you know, as they as it happens when you become an old laptop, the battery life just like really Plummet. eats it, and yeah. then yeah, for the first like zero to five percent, really it can't do anything. So the challenge that he's having here with. Garage band, I got the video, I got the messages. Really having a tough time here, as you yeah. would if you were a senior citizen. It's old. Computer. It's an yeah. old. It's an old, you know, beauty. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, speaking of old beauties, we watched a one a real beaut this week from two thousand six, which is old at this point. Yep. Yep. You know. I miss writing those double zeros in the middle of <laughs> dates. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay? This, I was a junior in high school, you know, flying by the seat of my pants, trying to decide mm-hmm. what I wanted to do with my life. 2006 was a big year. I wasn't going to see Tokyo Drift in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I don't think I caught this one. Yeah. My whole, yeah, my whole story was that I tried to catch it in theater. At the time, it, it was a summer release, 2006, and I had been babysitting some kid down the street, and he was a little, a little terror, honestly, and his grandma would just pay me cash to watch this kid for half the day. Nice. And one time, she was like, oh, you should take this kid to the movies. I was like, cool. She's like, do you have a car? I was like, nope. So I'm going to drop you guys off there and just like... Stay there until you can't take it anymore and then come back. And uh, we tried to watch Tokyo Drift. And I, and I made it all of, maybe the maybe through the first five minutes of the movie, and then yeah. I had to exit. But had to leave. We, we had to leave, and this kid just couldn't sit still, couldn't handle a movie. He was young, maybe three or four. And um, I mean, a good, a perfect age for Tokyo Drift, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but we ended up going to the miniature, like, arcade and playing, um, what do you call that? Air hockey and oh, yeah. uh, the Wave Runner. Oh, the Wave Runner for... is always good. I like the Wave Runner slash the motorcycle ones. You know, mm-hmm. like, those mm-hmm. are always solid. Go-tos. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't see this in theaters. I don't think I was in the place where I was doing that. At that mm-hmm. moment in time, seeing this movie, this kind of movie. But, um, 
Yeah, I don't think... I think four I haven't seen in theaters, and I think three I haven't seen in theaters, but the other ones I have, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like I didn't have the opportunity. This movie was in 3,000 theaters across the nation. Like, it really got a real theatrical, so... Mm-hmm. Anywho, how'd you? How was your watch? How was your watch through? Uh, it was good. I, I watched it. I guess late last week. I was trying mm. to tie my stuff together. I was out of town this weekend. I was in Portland, Oregon. Never been. And I yeah, I squeezed this together uh, in preparation for a trip. And um, yeah, I mean. Portland, unfortunately, is the type of city, it seems like it was probably like a nice place to visit before mm-hmm. the pandemic, but mm. it seems like they got just totally crushed, um, whatever, in 20... Just economically, you're saying. Yeah, it seems like they got economically crushed, and their whole like downtown area is just decimated. Shuttered. Run down, nobody hangs out there, and it looks like, you know, it looks like the Embarcadero, it looks like downtown San Francisco, but... It's definitely lost its steam in terms of like being a bustle in downtown area, but bummer. I mean, bummer. It's tough. I, people speak yeah. very highly of Portland, Oregon. I, I, I've never been. I've never really had a great desire to go. Mm-hmm. Never really had a great desire to go to like that region of the country, mm. like the middle California to northern Oregon. Uh-huh. Slash Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> like Ken Jennings, maybe. You know? Uh-huh. Like, well, I don't. <laughs> right, right. Starbucks is everywhere, and Dunkin' Donuts yeah. is better. We got it all over here, dog. <laughs> okay. I, Microsoft, it's right here on my computer. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't need it's to go to It's with me at all times. <laughs> right, right. Okay. <laughs> Nike? I have a pair in the closet. <laughs> I don't need to go to Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but, uh, so I like, never was, I don't know. The most, like, association I have with that region of the country is, like, the Twilight film. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they all take place in, like, rural Washington. Mm-hmm. Where it's all rainy and shit. You know that's a plot point in the Twilight films? Films we should maybe watch together, by the way. Oh, I, okay. L- Weirdly like those movies <laughs> quite a bit. Um, uh, but plot point is because these vampires are too sparkly when they get in the sun. <laughs> that they live in like rural Washington state where it's always overcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it helps with the complexion. <laughs> anyway, I just love that that's like the solve that um, what's her name came up with. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and then Portland, like, the, my closest association with Portland is obviously that Portlandia show, mm-hmm. and that show was funny, but it also always made me be like, maybe not my town, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm, I, I don't know, this doesn't, like, appeal to me in a way that I find, whatever, I'm sure, like, that show did a lot for tourism of Portland, but it did actually, it worked the opposite way for me, I was like... I'm actually good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are. I mean, yeah, I enjoyed Portlandia. It gave kind of like a Berkeley, California vibe to it, but it definitely yeah. wasn't that 
today and it's tough it's like maybe this is not the right judge of a city but some of the other suburban areas still really nice um but i don't know i feel i feel like it's hard to like have a city culture when your downtown is no good i I totally agree and it's really it's really fucking hard it's hard to see i don't Hmm. really know yeah it's hard to I don't know. It's hard to judge any place for anything. You know what I mean? Like we're not. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to lay judgment on all this stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. So uh, we'll keep oh. the uh, people, the good people of Portland, Oregon, in our thoughts, in our thoughts and prayers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> go visit Portland. Maybe like yeah. start. You guys, the listeners, could start the Portland economic revival and get mm-hmm. it going again. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched this movie. Um. Well, I didn't at first. I didn't watch this movie. We were supposed to record a few days ago, and I forgot and didn't crunch this movie. And then I told Daryl, I was like, "I'll watch it today, and I'll be ready to go on Monday." And then, obviously, didn't do that. But I did uh-huh. watch it this morning, <laughs> so I'm fresh in my mind. Nice. I could watch through. Like this movie's fine. I didn't have any like stunning revelations, good or bad, about it. I was confused at the end. When my like main note coming out of this, you know, just trying to take something new away was like when the all the engines are gone from their from the garage from um, Han's garage. Mm-hmm. They took all the cars, and the police took them all. I don't know. I can't quite tell what the deal is. Is like the police take them because Han was involved in this crash. Did the police take them because Han was involved in some like underworld business that the police are cracking down on? Or are the police um, henchmen of the, you know, uh, of the Yakuza mm. and are, like, DK's trying to, like, rig... I had this thought of, like, oh, did DK, like, send them to... Because it fucks them in a very particular way where they actually mm-hmm. need a car right at that moment. Mm-hmm. And the police, like, took all their cars. Mm. Um So I thought it was, like, oh, did DK, like, get the police to, like, fuck them over or... So that they would have a hard time finding an adequate vehicle for this uh, race, this drifting racer among the mountains. So that would be very strategic of DK. But yeah, I think to my understanding, the Yakuza exists outside of the like the state-run police system, and if they need something done, they'll send their dudes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Fair. You wouldn't that's have fair. the yellow you wouldn't have <laughs> the yellow guys. tape around. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm guessing that they uh, yeah, um Tokyo PD yeah. like established that Han and DK or Han was tied up in illegal activities and stripped his whole facility as uh evidence. Right. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, like, also, why wouldn't they arrest... The crew? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Who were Mm. also racing through the streets that very day and Mm -hmm. stopped racing and watched a huge explosion in the most busy part of downtown Tokyo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There there had to be, like, a crosswalking cop there. Right? Right. Um... Unless, like, there was, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the Tokyo police force has the same type of, like, 
not to knock the NYPD, but sometimes you see an NYPD officer and you're like, you need to be like, is this your whole shit, right? Like, you're like waving somebody across like a crosswalk and you're like, is this your whole shit today? <laughs> yeah. Have you have you taken control of the situation from, uh, you know, police perspective? Is this Have you assessed all corners scope? here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, well, I mean, yeah, whatever. But, like, there is a certain amount, like, sometimes in, like, government bureaucracies, and I'm not saying specifically Tokyo or specifically in New York, you mm-hmm. know, you have some sort of, you have some make-work positions. Do you think, like, maybe there was, I do think maybe there was, like, a cop or some, some kind of, like, government or official person there who witnessed them stop and watch their friend die and could have just arrested them. Why aren't they in trouble? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they in trouble at all? They right, because they, because they left the Evo, right there on the street, right. They left the Evo. They got out of the car. He started running Went towards it. It exploded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that car, if it is registered, is probably registered to Han, and uh, yeah, maybe, all. yeah, and maybe, um, maybe they're not coming after them because they're minors, and who knows whether. Who knows whether Sean even has applied for or received his Japanese ID. Maybe he's untrackable right now. Uh, well, he's clearly somewhat trackable because they he's go the to his hangout system. spot and take all his cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they clearly can find him some way. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense they're not going after, like, DK. Cause, like, mm-hmm. He's got I, affiliation. Yeah, he's like got Yakuza, you know, he's got like Yakuza bind. You can't just mm-hmm. fucking rock up to that and start arresting people. But, you know, Neela and Sean and Twink, mm-hmm. lock them up. That's the moral. <laughs> that's what I'm coming away with. Lock them up. Uh-huh. This whole business would be taken care of. You just lock them up. Right. Get that little Bama boy and put him, put him in a Japanese prison and movie over. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You know? So. Yeah. Twink know what was happening, too. He was like, we need to evacuate the situation, okay? It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Twink's like, screwed ourselves. let's get the fuck out of here. It's <laughs> a clear sign that <laughs> this is over, all right? We had a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, that was my main takeaway from the movie this this week, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, so I have one. Yeah. This one goes to the beginning of the movie again, but as they are about to race the Viper and whatever Sean is driving, um, they go into a underdevelopment housing, yeah. I don't know, neighborhood. Like an HOA they, kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, and they have a sign on that front gate. Do you know yeah. what the sign says on it? It says like Shang- Shangri-La or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that Shangri-La. Yeah, yeah, Shangri-La Estates, making dreams come true, going fast, exclamation point. Going fast! <laughs> <laughs> so I, I looked up a little bit. I don't, like, the only thing I know about Shangri-La is that is what, uh, what's his name? Rick Rubin calls his, like, creative escape in L.A. where he mentors up and is coming. Some sort like, of- Rick Rubin is a music producer, is that? He's a, yeah, he's kind of like a music guru dude who, like, mentors up and coming. I think he started in, uh, like, 
rock, pop music, and now is most famous for working with up and coming hip hop rappers yeah. and spending a you know spending a residency with Rick Rubin um, results deal. in some of the greatest yeah like hip hop albums mm-hmm. after that. I do but, know it's like some paradise right i don't know in which uh-huh. kind of eastern religion it is a paradise but it uh-huh. is some sort of paradise in and affiliated with some sort of eastern culture or religion yes so it is a fictional place okay. um it's a fictional valley in relatively the kunlun mountains which are west of the himalayas um but oh they, they got it dotted on the on google map <laughs> yeah it's okay. a it's a fictional place but the origin of Shangri-La is from a 1933 novel by mm. a British guy, James Hilton, called okay. Lost Horizon. Okay. Lost Horizon. And okay. it is a Buddhist lamasery, which is a, like lamas- a okay, monastery. Yep. yep. Dope name for, for a thing. Lamasery. Yep. <laughs> for a lamasery. Cool. For lamas, not monks. Basically right. Buddhist monks. Okay. Yeah. And in this fictional place... Um, I guess loosely in the book, it it takes a perspective from, if I'm understanding, it's like a guy talking to a neurologist. So they use like diff, like few different lenses to talk about an adventure where some British pilot flies. Crashed. Yeah, like crashed in the deep west Himalayas gotcha. in this fictional place, Shangri-La. And in this valley, uh, when you get there, your aging slows. And dope, 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 dope. And when you leave, mm-hmm. your aging reaccelerates and become old really fast. Oh, no good, no good. All right. Well, so think- okay. So I did exactly what you're not supposed to do, which is like hear about something from some sort of made up, westernized <laughs> version of some Eastern culture and religion, and assume that it was just like point of fact. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. So, Good to know. Yeah. It's okay. I think like it doesn't come up that often. I feel like there are a number of different uh theaters and like, you know, rest name restaurants and stuff. I feel like it's kind of like an LA thing. There's more like Shangri-La like stuff. Nobody ever talks about it oh, yeah. otherwise. But the connection I'm making is that this um where did they start the movie? Are they in like Nebraska or something? Like loosely Midwest? Whoa. I was uh, completely assumed it was California, but uh-huh. it's definitely not though. <laughs> it's not in California. Wherever they're at, it's not California. In my head, it's always California. <laughs> <laughs> they're like in Arizona or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, no, no. That's fair. We've had this conversation, and I think I said the exact same, which was, <laughs> "Oh, I always <laughs> California." But it, there is yeah. some. Yeah. Okay. Go for yeah. it. I, All right. Yeah. So New Mexico, yeah. Arizona, something like that. Yeah, let's call it Arizona. But somebody had to make this sign, mm-hmm. this Shangri-La Estates, going fast. And I think the reference that they're making is the is about drifting, driving fast. And if you think Definitely. about these valleys, this is this is Tokyo. This is the valleys where they learn, they invented drift and learn how to drift. And I think there's a parallel here between you know drive and the youth that you experience through doing that. But if you think about DK or you think about anybody who has, has to exit that period of life or that culture, they age out of it a lot quicker. Yeah. DK, for example. Is well, totally. Kind of and 
I also think there's like more to it than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I crazy? I don't know if I'm crazy, but like it, I know we're like focusing on one little sign, but it is very poignant and good where it, like you're taking this concept that is a like westernized mis, you know, like evoking mm-hmm. like westernized Eastern mysticism, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it definitely has smacks of this like made up Orientalism that's mysterious and sort of mm-hmm. like powerful. And then you take our character and put him in the reality of sort of that like Eastern mm-hmm. culture uh, and yeah, we're seeing it from like the lens of this doofus, but but, <laughs> but like the we sort of strip away the mysticism of it, and we see sort of the cold reality of like it's brutal and it's hard, and you know you have to sort of fight to survive. It's not this place where you can live out this you know promised utopia or something mm-hmm. like that, or like. And you grow up, you got to grow up really fast, you know, yeah. like you're, 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 you know, once we take you out of Shangri-La estates and put you into the real world, you got to grow up quick, mm-hmm. boy, because, you know, these, it's tough out here, basically. So it this works for me. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah, totally, man. I think it's pretty good. So. Um, I think it's pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. Small little set piece, but somebody... Somebody, Somebody thought it. about I it. Wonder where it's, I mean, I, as a person who works in the art department, you know, sometimes those things come from different, those things come from different places. So a lot of times it's just like the graphic designer having a good time. It's like bored, <laughs> like mm-hmm. wants to like fuck, you know, and is just making stuff up kind of. And sometimes it's an art director or a production designer who wants some kind of punny thing Sometimes, you know, that's a lot of way like names get into movies is like names of crew get on posters and things like that because they're clearable. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have permission to use somebody's name on a poster. But if you work on the crew, it's like very, it's like no problem. Here you go. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. um, there's that. But sometimes the director has like a real... You know, I wanted to say this as a real input onto what that sign and what that shang or it could be scripted. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to do chat? Are we at the phase of our development here? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, I'll go first because I got a quick one. I had a, a friend of mine died in 2019 and like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I bought this thing. I sort of like did this thing where I got this sort of cheap, uh, ID band, like a, you know, like a thing. I mean, it was like very cheap, but it was like, it just had his name engraved on it. And it was like a little mm-hmm. ID band. I bought it at a place. I like found it in a little store. And, uh, uh, it didn't have an engraving in it. And then I just like had it engraved out of place or whatever. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was nice. And, um, you know, it was like gold colored, whatever. It was like pretty nice. Um, and I couldn't, uh, then I had this horrible experience in a motel, which we don't really need to go into, but it wasn't good. Let me tell you something. Okay. It wasn't good. I, 
Alright, well, we can go into it. <laughs> it wasn't anything bad. I was like out in Sullivan County, New York, and um, <laughs> hanging out at a friend's place, and I had a rough night. Uh, and I ended up staying out there in uh, like Monticello, which is the big town, at a motel in M- Monticello, which I don't remember what the name of the motel was. This motel was bad, it was pretty expensive. The bed was horrible. The air conditioner was broke. And I, when I woke up <laughs> in my bed, I had like a razor blade next to my head. Ooh. And I realized it was because they were like doing construction. They had just like refinished the room. Like they literally had just like the paint had just dried. Uh-huh. So they were clearly like using it as part of the construction. But it was like in the bed. And I was like, oh, this is fucked. Did you change the sheets? Like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I was, like, really fucked up about it. So, um, I, like, really was upset. And um, I kind of yelled at it. I mean, you know, it's like I like it wasn't my best, it wasn't my finest moment, like, dealing with that situation. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Like, I called them the next day. And I was like, hey, this is the deal. Like, I just, you know, like, can I get some a refund, blah, blah, blah. They're like, no. They, like, shut me down left, right, and center. They were like, we're not sorry. Like, uh-huh. fuck you for staying here, and we're not giving you a refund. Yeah, I was wow. so mad. Like, it just like, and I know that's like the worst, that's like where the worst part of me comes out, is like in that indignation, and like feeling like I deserve something, and but feeling upset about it, not knowing where to put that. Like, mm-hmm. Literally, my worst qualities come out. Anyway, it turns out I left this bracelet there at the fucking motel. And I was already, like, I had bounced, and I couldn't go back. And I, like, had to call them and be like, did you find a bracelet in the room? After uh-huh. I yelled at them, like, no. No. <laughs> oh. I was really upset. Whew. Yeah. So I bought a new one. Just now. Mm-hmm. I had been waiting for years. I was trying to look for the right thing. But then I just, like, finally looked up the company, and, like, there was... Uh, yeah, they just sell them. So yeah. I just like got it. Um, it's a it's a Spidel, Spidel, S P E I D E L. Okay. Yeah, I don't have it on me right now, uh, but that's what it is. So, shout out to them. They make a solid bracelet. You know what I mean? It's not Good. like a world beater. It's not like you know whatever. But it's a solid bracelet. I really like it. So nice. Yep. Yeah, and it has a story to it, and it has totally. some meaning to it. Yep. And uh, I'm glad you got that replaced. Yeah, me too. Thanks, man. Cool. Anyway, so fuck that motel and like shout out to Spidal Bracelets. Spidal Bracelets. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you got a shout out to this week? Uh, I'm giving a anti-shout out over here to the New York Department of Environmental Protection. Oh! Oh, <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, this pod yeah, yeah. has gotten like very like hard right. This this pod like veered hard right for some reason. This You're, we're yeah. like we're like you know Portland, those liberal <laughs> cities, like they economically ravaged. <laughs> like, the New York EPA. <laughs> what are you I've been, for? I've been personally violated by the okay. New York. Okay. Uh, DEP over here. The so DEP. 
outside of our, out on our street over here, we've got a fire hydrant, and over the past few weeks, there's been a very small leak developing under the surface of the street, and it sort of on leaks the enough so the water ar- leaks out. around the fire hydrant, not in the fire hydrant. Okay. So whose jurisdiction is it? Is it coming from a house, or is it coming from a municipal fire, fire hydrant? Who knows? Oh, so um, the source isn't, it's not like you're looking at the hydrant and there's like water seeping from the edge of it. You're just no. like, generally there's water around this area. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's happening? Okay. Exactly. Right. So over the past few weeks, we've had a couple guys will come with a truck. They'll, you know, shine a, I don't know what it is, some sort of sensor to try to locate the source of leak. Okay. It could not be done without breaking this thing open. Okay. Um. Gotta and crack then, that fire hydrant open, huh? So what happens though is like the New York DEP over here. Mm. There's 24 hours in the day, and these guys there are. show up at 12:30 a.m. on no a Tuesday. No fucking way! <laughs> so, yeah. Two trucks, and I'm looking outside, and they've got they've got yellow they've got yellow like municipal lights going like hey we're about to do some work so you can see them we're in these brownstone buildings and you can see the lights they're in everybody's space here so I'm looking at the situation the dogs are barking a little bit what are these guys doing out here twelve o'clock in the morning and I see a guy just pull out from behind the truck jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> text my neighbor. What Not good, dude. Fuck? We got a jackhammer. He's got a jackhammer. And, no uh, and they proceed to jackhammer for the next 90 minutes. They, they're six dudes. They take turns. <laughs> that was hard work, Daryl. 90 minutes, 1230 a.m. to yep. 2 a.m. Yep. Jackhammer. Yep. Incredible. What and the fuck? Yeah. I mean, we. Um, I would have called them we, the police. <laughs> I think we I want to call the police on call. the city services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We called 311, but they were like, sorry, dude. These guys have a permit. I was like, are you sure the permit says 1230 a.m.? <laughs> like, like, you other get it time. confused? What the deal? <laughs> That's serious overtime if you want somebody to work at 1230 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. That's so, wild, man. Yeah. So I had one pair of earplugs, which I graciously gave to Jess, and I did the pillow sandwich. And that worked. You know, I fell asleep. I'm a good sleeper, but just, yeah. I, I feel violated. That's insane. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's totally insane. I mean, I thought the, I had it bad because, like, I got my baby to sleep. And then, like, next door, they started jackhammering for, like, four fucking hours, like, redoing the driveway next door. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I went over, like, five minutes into it, I obviously, like, went over there and I was like, how long do you guys think they're like, oh man, like all afternoon, <laughs> like, like not even, not even close, like yeah. all day dog. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, see ya. Yeah. He was like, your neighbor didn't tell you. I was like, nah, man. Mm, not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. fuck the New York Department of Environmental Protection. Did they find right. where the fuck it was coming from? So here's the thing. They didn't, all they did, the result of their 90 minutes of uh, late night jackhammering was a four point, yeah, four by four square in front of the fire hydrant. And turns out that wasn't the source of the issue. 
the oh city, my God. <laughs> city guys had to come to check whether or not it was a fire hydrant issue or not. And I think after jackhammering, they determined it was not. And some other guys came back later to actually look at the spot that was two feet away. And it's not finished. It doesn't seem like it's leaking anymore, but it's just got temporary asphalt on it. There's mud everywhere. Wow. It's an ongoing thing, Nightmare. which, yeah, started with a yeah. big bang. I Did I ever tell you my story about how I fucked up fire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I like drove. I was trying to get Dunkin' Donuts, and I was at my mother's house in Western uh-huh. Massachusetts. All right, mm-hmm. I was trying to get my morning Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> okay, which I do. This is serious. I was trying to get my Dunkin' Donuts in the morning, but it had uh-huh. iced over the night before. Ooh! Literally a hundred yards down the road, the car starts sliding down the hill into an intersection, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "The wheels aren't spinning. The car is just moving." You know, so I'm like turning the wheel to like figure out what the fuck to do Uh and i look like there's grass there's a lawn next to me and i'm like i'm just gonna like drive up onto this lawn because it's better than moving into the fucking intersection which is gonna happen if i don't do anything Mm -hmm. so i like pull the lawn but as soon as the car starts moving over the lawn i realize there's a fire hydrant there (laughs) i like (laughs) i try to like pull pull it the other way but like that i like hit the hydrant yeah and then the car like spins 180 and I end up on the lawn. I was like, okay. Like kind of best yeah. case scenario. Like I didn't kill anybody. Like nobody got uh-huh. hurt. I made the right decisions in the moment is all I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. The wrong decision was trying to get the Dunkin' Donuts off <laughs> in the first place. Okay. But I need it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I bought this fire hydrant and like it was fine. Like the mm-hmm. fire hydrant was fine. Okay. Everybody could, everyone could see it. The fire hydrant was fine. Okay. Uh-huh. But if you looked at the ground, because it was like in the ground and these things yeah. go like 12 feet deep. Yeah. Okay. If you looked at it, the pipe that the fire hydrant was capping and the ground, there was like a quarter inch gap. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like the hydrant had sort of moved the earth a little bit and there's just this. Tiny, it opened up this, and the police officer was like, I gotta note it down. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, Don't note it down. What are you nuts? <laughs> He's like, Yeah, it could be a crack. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, There's not a crack. It's a crack. Dude, you, <laughs> we would know. Everybody would know. Okay. You know, but it's like, you know, at Northampton cops, they don't have anything to do. So it's like, right. Yeah, I gotta note it down. And then, like, two months, three months later, I don't know how this didn't end up on my car insurance, like, <laughs> miraculously, somehow. Uh-huh. But um, the guy, my mom sends me a picture two months later, and it's like six bulldozers. It's like a huge, there's like a 20 foot hole in <laughs> that's opened up the hydrant. I was like, oh my god, these wow. fucking guys. Wow. I was like, did they find a crack? Nope. No, not, not at all. One. No, but wow. they still replaced the whole thing. <laughs> anyway. That's fun. That's a, I mean, I think that's a good uh, Tokyo Drift Ender over there. Yeah. You know, you gotta yeah. stay in control of that vehicle. <laughs> You got to stay control, you know. <laughs> I did drift. It was kind of like <laughs> you drifting. You're drifting. Yeah. You tried not to hurt Mona, okay? Yep, exactly. Exactly. I did actually 
bop. My mom's car was more damaged than a fire. Let me tell you something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of Tokyo Drift, I mean, I, I, I am going to say, if anybody's in Auckland, which I, nobody will be in Auckland, but if anybody's mm-hmm. in Auckland, May 1st, I'm actually going to see Tokyo Drifter, which is a Japanese film from 1966 that we have covered on this podcast at some point. Um, they there's a 35 millimeter print screening downtown at the Academy Cinemas here in Auckland, and I'm gonna go see it on May 1st. I'm pumped about it, pumped. So I'll let you know how that goes in a few weeks' time. That sounds awesome. Cool. Um, I don't remember what we. I honestly don't get in touch. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm thinking about canning the Patreon. How do you feel about that? I'm okay with that. Okay. So the Patreon's canned. See you later. The Thank you email is still open. The Twitter, I don't look at. I'm off Twitter. I'm off Twitter. I gave mm-hmm. it up. I had mm-hmm. to give it. It was ruining my life. I had to give it up. So I gave it up. I gave it up for Lent, and now I think I'm staying off Twitter for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's out. Instagram, it's checkable. I'm not mm-hmm. on it, but it's checkable. Mm-hmm. So it's like email, Instagram, you know, no one likes the tuna podcast at Gmail, and no one likes the tuna podcast on Instagram. And that's it. Fuck you. Rate <laughs> review it simple. Yeah. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods, you know, shoot us a review. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, gotta go. Till next time. What are we watching next time? Eight? I think eight. eight. Yeah. That fucking sucks. I hate it. <laughs>